0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary, Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include cows and business profitability. Yes, you heard that right. My interview with Regal's Alex Levin on how lenders can engage in worthwhile calling and texting campaigns, and why softening economic data does not mean a soft landing. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Milestones. Giving homeowners an all-inclusive homeownership experience, including home value and equity monitoring, home maintenance reminders on how-to articles, cloud-based document storage, one-click access to hire professionals for various projects around the home, and much more. To learn more, visit milestones.ai. I realize that Easter is still ahead of us and summer a few months off, but who hasn't driven by a field full of cattle in the heat and seen them standing in the shade? A shaded, comfortable steer produces more meat. No shade impacts profitability. Where am I going with this? Banks earn income by taking money from you and me and business accounts and lending it out to home buyers and car buyers, people establishing businesses, and so on. If people and companies are tired of earning near 0% on their bank deposit and putting their money in money market accounts instead, eventually banks will have less money to lend out. Things change, obviously no money impacts profitability. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Regal.io's Alex Levin to talk about how lenders can engage in worthwhile calling and texting campaigns. He's the co-founder and CEO at Regal.io, the outbound phone and SMS sales solution built to drive more conversations with your customers so you can hit your growth goals way faster. The company empowers B2C brands to add a human touch at critical moments in their online experience in order to win customers and drive more revenue. Okay, can you talk a little bit about the impetus for starting it and and what you're hoping to accomplish, what it does?
1: Sure. Uh, So I'm Alex Levin. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Regal. Uh, We started the company about two and a half years ago, but really the genesis came long before that. My co-founder and I worked in the B2C industry uh, particularly, we were hired to help bring home improvements online. And we worked for Angie, which is the largest home improvements company in the world, which owns Angie's List and Home Advisor. And we found that when people came online for something more complicated, like a remodel or a fence installation, they often wouldn't convert, even though we had built this beautiful self serve flow. But if we could have a conversation with them, you know, built that trust, and it meant that they would understand we were going to do the service well and they would convert online. Um, so we started building larger teams to try to do this. And the, the fascinating thing is even when customers asked us to call them, you know, and we called them, you know, three times, four times, uh, they then complained, how come you didn't call me? Why, why didn't you get to me? And over time, we learned that it was because we were showing up as a random number or even as spam. And so despite our best efforts to get in touch with customers, often that failed. And so we, over time, built a lot of technology at Angie to try to solve that problem but you know, never really could crack that nut. And so at some point we left and started Regal on the premise that we wanted to build more software for these B2C sales organizations. Mostly we serve five industries. So healthcare, insurance, lending, uh, local services, education. So these very considered industries. Uh, and we actually make everything from a journey builder. So it allows people to personalize when they're reaching out and in what channel uh, to the agent interface, or actually what agents are sitting in to see all the context about the customer and call and text the customer to uh, the reporting. Um, but along the way, uh, I luckily learned that it was possible to actually change the spam or the random number to a brand. And it took us some time. It took a lot of work to get there. But we now have integrations with all the carriers in the US, You know, T-Mobile, Verizon, and AT&T. And we can actually change on a cell phone what it looks like for that customer that you're calling so that instead of it being this intrusive call it's something that they they know who it is and they expect that call and they answer the call at a much higher rate
0: so you and i are both millennials and i'm speaking for myself here but i would kind of presume that the same extends to you when i say i don't like hearing my phone ring much you know it used to be that you you pay money to have different ringtones for different friends and now it's like keep that thing on silent i don't want to hear it uh, let alone getting spam calls or spam texts. How does Regal provide an authentic product that actually increases call answer rates when it it is from numbers that people don't recognize?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with just a little bit of background because I think it's helpful. The first industries that came online were largely retail, so selling clothes, CDs, even groceries, where the ideal customer experience was something where you never talk to the customer, right? You showed a picture, you showed a price, you showed a review, customer could choose to buy it and there were returns if they messed up. It wasn't a big deal. Um, What's happened now is everyone who shops online expects now for the rest of their life to be online. So if you're going to go do something for healthcare or do something for education, it's a bit more complicated. And actually what we find is that while customers don't want to talk to a retailer online, they desperately want to talk to the person selling them life insurance. They desperately want to talk to the doctor because these are situations that you're in less frequently. There are no returns. You know, there's no way to undo this thing. Uh, And it's something that's a little more complicated, that's a little more personal. And so actually, what we find is in these moments, so SoFi as a customer, for instance, in these moments where people are refinancing their student loan, they're often doing it on their cell phone. So it's a very small screen real estate. They're struggling to figure out what to do. If SoFi calls them in that moment with a branded call, so they know it's SoFi, they're actually very happy to answer it. Because they go, oh, thank you, you know, thank you. You can help me uh, figure out what's going on with my student loan refinance, so I can get this thing done. So if you ask people, hey, do you want, you know, uh, your shoe company to call you? Of course not. But on the other hand, if you say, hey, you're trying to open a new bank account, and you can't do it. What channel do you want to engage with that bank on? Sixty-five uh, percent of people say phone, the large majority, and then another twenty or thirty percent say SMS, and those are the two channels we focus on. So, first of all, I'd say even in millennials, this is true. You know, they they desperately want somebody to help them through these complicated things, and then having the branding turns it from a sort of a, a you know roulette where you're not sure who you're going to get when you answer to something where you know it's Sofi, so it's safe to answer. Even what we see is if you don't have the moment to answer then because you're at work, people call back because they know it's Sofi, and so they know that's the person they want to talk to.
0: So branding is a huge deal there but I think it also begs the question what else is the average company missing when it comes to engaging and worthwhile calling and texting campaigns.
1: Yeah, branding is definitely a nice uh, a nice feature. I'd say overall the the what I bucket everything into is personalization. So if I think about other marketing channels that are used long ago they realized they should stop treating every customer the same and they should start personalizing the outreach. Um, and that could mean, you know, how do you reach the, that customer at the right message at the right time and the right channel? The challenge was that this personalization or the technology required for personalization did not exist in phone sales. And that sounds crazy. But what, what was happening is a lot of people thought phone sales was going away. And so they weren't investing it. Because of this resurgence of certain industries coming online, there's now a need for these banks and these insurance companies and healthcare and these schools to have the ability to engage with somebody in a conversation. And so what we did is we went and built the platform for that personalization. So what we can do is actually stream into Regal all the customer behavioral information, the first party data, Uh, what do they do on the site? What email did they click? We even can get UPS data, for instance, if you're shipping packages. So we can then uh, put that on a unified customer profile and allow our customer to build, think of like goosebumps, choose your own adventure. Right, build this set of uh decisions this decision tree that decides exactly how you're going to reach that customer and with what message depending on what they're doing so never go on Tuesday and just blast out a call to everybody that's all the same that alienates customers instead uh you know see that you have a customer who's trying to put money in your bank and is failing to log in in that moment and help them get in or see that you have a customer that just transferred an extra ten thousand dollars into their checking account And help them get that in a savings account so they make some interest on that rather than not making any return. And those are the moments where actually you learn that uh, that company cares about you as as a consumer, right? And that you learn that you should stay with that company because they're going to differentiate on service and not just product.
0: And you you touch on service there at the end. I, I would presume that a lot of companies out there that serve similar roles to Regal have good branding have good personalization what do you feel like really is noteworthy about your product that is increasing conversions
1: oh so uh you you would be shocked the the standard in contact center software is very low because contact center software was built for customer service not for sales so what is being used today is a dialer that treats every customer the same no branding no sms and no intelligence around what's working what's not to improve that flow So when we say what's different about Regal, all of those pieces, right? First of all, using the behavioral information to trigger texts and calls is new in phone sales. Uh, Using the branding is new. Using SMS as a channel is new. And then using the reporting to be able to see what's working and what's not and constantly iterate is new. All of that. And so it goes from a world where... Uh, you know There are very creative people running these teams who just are limited by the technology available to them and they can't do anything that's good for the customer to these teams using Regal and all of a sudden creating much better customer experiences. So as an example, uh, a company like Roe in the healthcare space or AAA in the insurance space uses us to go from their old uh, unpersonalized messaging to new personalized messaging leading to higher engagement, higher conversion and better customer NPS.
0: I think a lot of this from the consumer's eyes revolves around trust. And I want to ask you kind of qualitatively, how do you build trust with consumers, especially when you've never met them before?
1: Yeah. So it's, uh, I think the the basis of everything we do is that having that conversation with a customer builds trust, right? When you used to walk into a physical bank and you talk to a bank teller, People used to fund that account 93% of the time. Now, we're, there are all these neobanks and somebody goes online and they open an account. They only fund that account 30% of the time. So there's a loss of trust when you don't have that human being involved in that process. And bringing back that human into that account opening process leads to much higher trust. So... Uh, it is the critical piece of what we're doing. Uh, and the agents, when they get on the phone, right, have to be good brand ambassadors. So we work, for instance, uh, for some pet companies that help set, sell pet food, just as an example. Uh, they come on and say, hi, you know, I see that your pet spot is really struggling with their current food. And here's the challenges they have. And here's why we think our new product would be better. So they they introduce themselves and make sure they present themselves as a resource, not just as somebody selling. And you know, even one of our customers, Smalls, calls themselves a cat concierge, which is uh, really cute and goes over very well with their customers. But yeah, you have to understand the context. You have to know about the customer, and you have to make sure that you're there to support them and not just try to sell something to them.
0: So of the avenues that you're involved in, obviously, this podcast is tailored towards lending. And it's a really tough time in the lending industry. So I want to close by asking you, how do you sell companies? On the ROI of working with you, of becoming partners together.
1: Yeah. So what we what we sort of use as a north star, first of all, is do we drive incremental revenue for our customers? That's it. We have lots of fancy technology, but it does not matter if we can't drive incremental revenue for our customers. And that means, you know, can we drive higher answer rates, higher on call conversion rates, you know, better uh, revenue per user overall? So as an example, with Sofi, uh, we have case studies on our site. If you go to regal.io slash customers for a lot of their different lending products that demonstrate that we have higher answer rate, higher call conversion rate, and higher average loan value by using our technology because you're reaching the right set of customers in the right moment. Uh, we obviously work with a lot of different lenders from auto loan refinance to mortgage to personal loan to student loan refinance. And yes, it's it's definitely been harder with interest rates being higher. I think the critical piece there is to say when interest rates were low, it didn't matter what else you offered. You could always refinance at a lower rate. Now that that's not the value proposition that you can lead with, you have to make sure you're investing in the customer experience and investing in differentiated pieces like what Regal does in order to win. And if you don't, it's an arms race, right? If you don't and your, co- your competitor does, you're going to lose. And so as we get deeper and deeper in some of these industries, we're seeing the transition to Regal happening faster and faster because companies need to keep up with their competition.
0: Very well said. Alex, I wish you the best of luck in this arms race that's going on here. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Worries that softening economic data may mean something other than a soft landing drove MBS prices up and mortgage rates down yesterday in a typical flight to safety move. ADP reported that private employers added 145,000 jobs in March, lower than the 200,000 expectation, and well below the 240,000 forecast for tomorrow's payrolls number. It's one of several signals that the economy is slowing as employers are pulling back on hiring evidenced by declines in finance, professional and business services, and manufacturing. Leisure and hospitality did gain 98,000 jobs over the course of the month, which points to the softening of the labor market primarily in the white-collar rather than the blue-collar sectors. We also learned yesterday that the ISM non-manufacturing index for March dropped in February, but remained in expansionary territory, reflecting continued growth in the services sector. Activity in the U.S. economy's largest sector is slowing, evidenced by a cooling off in the new order's growth rate. The slowdown in activity and improved supply chain have helped to slow the pace of price increases for services. Finally, the February trade balance report showed a widening in the trade deficit to $70.5 billion due to declines in both exports and imports, reflective of a slowdown in global trade activity. Today's calendar kicked off with two labor market indicators ahead of tomorrow's aforementioned payables report and early close. U.S.-based employers announced 89,703 cuts in March, up 15% from the 77,770 announced in February. That number is up 319% from the 21,387 cuts announced in the same month in 2022, according to global outplacement and business and executive coaching firm Challenger Gray and Christmas. Weekly jobless claims came in at 228,000, up from 198,000, with continuing claims in at 1.8 million signs of labor market softening. Later this morning, Treasury announces the details of the mini-refunding, consisting of $40 billion of new three-year notes and $32 billion and $18 billion of reopened 10-year notes and 30-year bonds, respectively. Freddie Mac will release their primary mortgage market survey at noon Eastern, with the prior week's 30-year mortgage rate sliding 10 basis points to 6.32%. Today's Lone Fed Speaker sees St. Louis's Bullard giving a presentation on the economy and monetary policy before the Arkansas State Bank Department. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. After a very busy day, a commuter settled down in her seat and closed her eyes as the train departed Chicago for Flossmore. As the train rolled out of the station, the guy sitting next to her pulled out his cell phone and started talking in a loud voice. Hi, sweetheart. It's Eric. I'm on the train. I know it's the 6:30 and not the 4:30, but I had a long meeting. No, honey, not with that floozy from the accounts office with the boss. No, sweetheart, you're the only one in my life. Yes, I'm sure. Cross my heart, etc. etc. Fifteen minutes later, he was still talking loudly when the young woman sitting next to him, who was obviously angered by his continuous rabble, yelled at the top of her voice, "Hey, Eric, turn that stupid phone off and get your sexy ass back into bed." And as you can imagine, Eric doesn't use his cell phone in public any longer. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Milestones, giving homeowners an all inclusive homeownership experience, including home value and equity monitoring, home maintenance reminders and how to articles, cloud based document storage, one click access to hire professionals for various projects around the home, and much more. To learn more, visit milestones.ai. about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.